Welcome to Lurking in the Fog, a podcast for those who seek to understand the criminals and tyrants that inhabit our world. Each episode, we host a guest who has entered the fog, encountered who and what lurked within, and lived to tell their tale. Our goal is to showcase how crime affects day-to-day operations, from something as simple as accidentally setting up a factory in the wrong neighborhood and having to deal with criminal groups to ensure the safety of employees and cargo, to governments using state actors to pressure, attack, and harm you in order to get their desired bribe or kickback. Crime operates in disguise. Rarely will it show its true colors in plain eyesight. Crime thrives in the gray. In situations where confusion and chaos are the norm, crime is king. As such, it lurks in the fog. I am your host, the Eurasian Eagle Owl, also known as the Tiger Owl. As a global investigator for Owl Consultancy Group, I will be guiding you through the fog and protecting you from what lurks within. Disclaimer. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of OWL Consultancy Group. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The OWL Consultancy Group name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner, and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Well, welcome everybody to our first episode of Lurking in the Fog. I am your host, the Eurasian Eagle Owl, and I am very excited to kick off this podcast series with the one and only Lee Sollinger. Lee has a very fascinating background. He spent almost 22 years as in a military career, particularly in the area uh, of intelligence as a tactical, like in the parat- as a paratrooper operational, strategic, and multiple settings. And his career focuses on human intelligence collection, agency coordination, network analysis, interview interrogation, and all sorts of intelligence. He is currently an anti-money laundering investigator at a top five bank, has coordinated simultaneous multi-tim investigations on several continents with billions of dollars of dirty money at stake, He's a full-time AML technology innovator and business intelligence manager, leveraging big data, machine learning, and analytics to prevent risk information to AML and sanctions professionals in large financial institutions. On the side, he's an entrepreneur. He's working on a way to to build a better way and, and gather qualified resources to discern, distill, and distribute required reporting on suspicious activity for financial institutions, um, such as banks, fintechs, crypto exchanges, DeFi, and for fun, he's a hardcore carnivore, and that's something you probably should reach out to him to figure out why I'm saying this. And n- let's actually get started. So, sure. Lee, tell us when you entered the fog, what got you into the fog, and what did you find lurking within? Oh, man, what a question. And first, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I really do appreciate the invitation to be on your inaugural episode. I hope I live up to uh, the reputation that that uh, you've already got established. So what brought me into the fog? I think that um, it's apparent to people who are, you know, whether you're a thinking person or not, that uh, not everything is as it seems. Um, nations take advantage of that. Armies operate with that in mind. 
businesses also uh, have to to leverage that that reality that not everything is as it seems. Uh, I spent a lot of my career trying to figure out what was really under the surface of what was presented to the world, um, and, and that was always a challenge. A challenge we you know we always try to meet, uh, as well as in in banking. Uh, specifically where uh, customers are trying to, in some cases, present a face of legitimacy where there actually is none. And so that's, um, I guess you could call that a couple of different instances of uh, finding things lurking in the fog. So would you, le- would you say we live in a world of illusion? I, I think that... Um, Look, you know, be realistic. Uh, I, I think that a great uh, many people, um, and this, this may sound a little mean, but they, they're just not imaginative enough to be deceptive. And uh, whether whether you say it that way negatively or you say it positively, that a great many people wouldn't even think of being deceptive. I think that's a truth. That's a truth. But um, you go back to the Pareto principle, 80-20, and you break things down that way. Generally, you're on the right track. 20% of the time, there's something hiding. And whether it's a nefarious thing that you're hiding or, or that someone's hiding or something that's just uh, em- embarrassing or they figure uh, not relevant to a discussion or situation, there's something there. And, and that's why you have to, as an organization, you have to prepare for that unknown. I mean, people do that with risk management. They prepare for the unknown as a um, as a government, as a military, as a as a as a, a physical force, you you also uh, deploy what you might call reconnaissance, or um, uh, you might call it collectors to go and determine the answer to the unknown. Um, lots of folks have talked about that, but I, I think that there's not always something hiding. A lot of times, the things that you see right in front of you, prima facie, or, or on their face are true and you could take them as truth uh all, all kinds of uh analogies and and, and sayings and, and and the like apply here um occam's razor you know i think everybody knows that one should know that one uh, uh open source intelligence which which is something that a lot of people rely on um Many people make millions of dollars just by reading the newspaper and 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 regurgitating it to to a set of clients because I don't know if they have a reading problem or they just didn't want to pay for the subscription. But uh, I think that not everything is hidden, but sometimes it's the most important things that are hidden, and and that's determining whether or not there's something that's important that's hidden starts with an introspection, I believe, knowing what it is that you need to know in order to be successful. Or in my case, when I was in the military, knowing what it is that you need to know in order to answer the question for, you know, uh, strategic uh, and operational plans. If you don't know what you need to know, you're never going to find it. I know that sounds a little circular, but first you have to look inside and say, I'll, g- I'll give you a very basic analogy. Um, can can I walk ten miles? If if I walk 10 miles, is there something there for me? Why would I even start walking 10 miles if I don't know that there's something there for me to see? Why don't I ask somebody who just came from there? Oh, now I know what's there 10 miles away. I mean, it's it's a silly analogy, but 
the fact is you need to know what you need to know first. That makes sense. That does make sense. But how do you translate that into the real world and real life per se? Like particularly you worked in, in all source intelligence gathering. Sure. What does that mean? Was there any practical implication? Sure. Was yeah. did did you ever say deal with those people that were hiding things like the very nefarious secrets that people kill for? Yeah, of of course. I mean, you go back to the classic. Um, we'll call it a hypothetical uh, because everybody used to talk about it. As everybody was trained about this in the late '80s, it's called the full the gap scenario, where uh, we all thought that the Soviets were going to come uh, into Western Europe through the full the gap uh, in the eastern portion of Germany. Uh, and so you array or place your reconnaissance in such a position to uh, detect that movement of the Soviets as early as possible. And that's the physical right there. That's the tactical, the immediate feedback to the question that you answer or that you ask, right? Uh, if you want to go deeper than that and say, what would it take for the Soviets to come through the Fulda Gap? Well, they would need X number of tanks. Uh, X number of tanks needs uh, Y amount of fuel. Y amount of fuel needs Z amount of fuel trucks. Z amount of fuel trucks needs, you know, uh, Z plus uh, or number of tankers or tanks that are full of gasoline in order to fill the fuel tanks. So you could go all the way back to what is the pumping capacity or refining capacity at this particular refinery in the Soviet Union. And if you look at the refining capacity in, the, in, in that particular refinery, and then at the rate of consumption absent filling up the fuel tanks that fill the tank, the, you know, the battle tanks that would uh, go to the full the gap, then you can basically run an equation and if you're looking at those fuel tanks with a satellite and the refinery with this with a satellite you can basically determine whether or not there's an uptick in production of well they use mostly jet fuel or whatever kind of fuel the tanks use whether there's an uptick in, in that kind of production so that's you know kind of as all source how do you answer those questions uh before that though you you need to determine what the questions are going to be and if you think the threat is going to come through the full to gap as as just as a metaphor now or an allegory um then that's where you've got to build your questions from there if you don't know what's happening <laughs> you got, you got a lot of work to do did you ever live a full dig up situation um so uh, in a microcosm yeah everything uh can can be distilled down into a set of indicators uh, that will answer the question, is this going to happen? Uh, and if you look at it defensively, if, you know, if you just use the, the dichotomous, you know, defense or offense, uh, defense being is, is the bad guy or, or is the threat situation going to present itself here or at this time or in this fashion or the offense, if I go and do this at this place, will it be effective? Will I have opposition? Will I be successful, right? If you just look in the defense and the offense, I think everybody does that too. I mean, is it going to rain tomorrow is a basic intelligence question, right? And how do you answer that? You go check the weather. Mm -hmm. That's your intelligence collection uh, apparatus is the weather person. 
presents it to you on the map and you know well they're not always very accurate but uh if you get the right weather person or you take an aggregate total of the weather people this is basic market dynamics too i mean what's the price of rice going to be tomorrow well let me take the average of all of these predictions uh, but have i done it yes absolutely uh tactically operationally strategically yeah absolutely i have and it's a matter sometimes of well, it's a matter every time of determining what it is you want to know by understanding how that how that plays, what, whether that's important to you. Determining what the indicators will be one way or the other. If they do this, it's likely this is going to be the result. A will be the result. If they if they do that, then B might be the result, likely, based on my experience, based on what I know about this person, based on what I know about this society or this culture. Uh, the indicators are all there that it's going to be B, as an example. That makes sense. Have you ever had, had a situation where you believed it was going to be B, but the outcome ended up being C? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that comes from ignoring feedback. Yeah. That's where, look, if you set up a situation, or rather, if you diagnose an environment, where you believe that certain pieces of information will indicate to you whether or not there's risk, whether or not systems are functioning correctly, whether or not um, the information that you have is valid or invalid. You think you've got it covered, A or B in every case, right? If you ignore the fact that there could be a C, if you ignore feedback that doesn't fit A or B, if you say, nah, that's just an anomaly, that doesn't fit. That number is really weird. That's got to be wrong. Maybe there's a systems problem. If you ignore that, you ignore that at your peril. That's where you've got a A, not, not A, not B, but a C situation. And that's going to be a problem. So focusing on that C situation, what has been the most dangerous and perilous sea that you have had to deal with, mitigate, protect against, strategize against? Oh, let's see. Um, so, I think... Um, I think being on my own alone in the middle of a foreign capital where crime was rampant and murder was awful and controlling for the things that I could control and recognizing that those things out of my control, let's say, hypothetically, I'm driving along on a Saturday evening, say at about midnight in a downtown of a murderous city, I've controlled for everything I possibly can. That one pothole, that one errant nail, uh, if you want to say that that flat tire for the Archduke, Archduke Ferdinand, right? That one item that throws you off could be your death. And that's one of those things that fortunately, 
that that C option didn't present itself to me that night that I could still remember when literally there were, I'll just call it ruffians and bonfires in the street and people who looked like they could kill you, uh, uh, you know, without even thinking about it. I did not hit any potholes. I did not lose a hubcap nor a tire. And, and I made it home safe, but it, it's just one of those situations where you can't control for all the variables and you know it right then. It's crazy. Uh, and I think that when you're thinking about all of life, you can't control for all the variables. You can have a primary and you can have a backup, but gosh, it would have been really good to have somebody to call if, <laughs> if, if, I'd, if I'd had a problem. I did not though. That's really, really interesting because I think nowadays people forget about the fact that crime really exists and there are dark corners. And oh, my. Oh, my. Murderous corners where you end up. <laughs> I, I learned a phrase uh, in, in South America when I lived there. It, it was uh, como uh, amanecer con hormigas en la boca, which is uh, the dawn... Uh, crests on you with ants in your mouth which means you're dead in a ditch and uh yeah and uh i didn't learn that out of context i learned that in the context of what it meant and it was unfun to learn that lesson suffice to say what was the context oh well the context was um Sometimes you know your limits, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you learn your limits and you learn them the hard way. Sometimes you're lucky and you learn them the easy way. And some places that uh, that you shouldn't go unless you know the place. You know, and, and it's it's not about ethnicities. It's not it's not about economics. It's not about culture. It's not about any of that. It's it's just about knowing the territory and understanding what the rhythms, the sounds, the smells of the territory are. And if you can't tell the difference between danger and, and, and peace in a certain territory through the rhythms, the sounds, and the smells, you really got no business being there anytime when it's not full broad daylight with friends. If you go mm -hmm. somewhere and you've never been there and you're alone and it's dark and you know you really just shouldn't do it, you should wait until you're more familiar with it. Unless you're one of those daring souls or, or you know, sociopath, could be the same thing that doesn't recognize or understand uh, signals that would uh, assist with your self-preservation. So, I mean, that, that applies to travel, that applies to um, just general travel, that applies to out doing a mission, so to mm -hmm. speak. That applies, I guess, you know, if I were to relate it to business, that applies to cold calling in a place that you've never been. You don't know what it's like. You have no idea. You may even be breaking laws someplace and have no clue that that's the case. You don't know. Learn well, a little bit first. I think the ignorance of the location, the geopolitics, the culture, the people, the ethnicity, what are the norms, what are the customs, sure, can make yeah. or break a business situation. Absolutely. You could be unbeknownst to you in a place that is actually controlled by organized crime and thinking this would be a great place to put my shop, right? If I'm going to put it in a business context or in my context in, in government service, this would be a great place 
for me to have a lunch with that contact that I met, uh, you know, at the embassy because they said they wanted to have a sandwich with me. So this would be super. Oh, then you end up in the front page of the paper because you're dead. You know, but it's 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 really a matter of recognizing what you don't know and being humble enough to accept that you don't know these things. And whether it's a matter of going out and studying it and learning it yourself or asking for help from someone, it's important. That's the introspection that, that may save your life. So, Lee, in your military career, yeah. did you ever have any encounters with organized crime? Or these kinds of criminal groups like state actors, state sponsors of terror, and you had to navigate one of those situations. I'm pausing to think about what I can tell you and what I can't mention. I don't mean to sound dramatic about that, but I'll just say it this I'll just say it this way. One of your first questions was about what people hide. Mm. And 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 sometimes when you sit at a table with somebody and have a whiskey and smoke a cigar or you have a meal and break bread with somebody or even just, you know, exchanging pleasantries on a, on a street. If you know what you know and you know that person is hiding an entire life, an entire persona, and they don't know that you know it, you're in a much safer position. Because when those sorts of people that you named or described know that you know, it's a different game. It's an entirely different game. So if you think about it, and I'll try to relate it to something more mundane, if you're sitting in a negotiating table, and you understand what's in the other guy's bank account, what his debt looks like, what his production looks like, what his needs are, you're in a much better position to make a deal to sell them something or to buy something from them than if you didn't know. If that's a vanilla analogy, I know you don't want to go toward the vanilla, you want to go toward the more fun, exciting stuff. Yes, I've met with and talked to and had dealings with and interacted with all those sorts of people that you talk about. And it's scary. It really is. Because you could end up dead. It's just a matter of how you play it. How and, did you and, play and, it? And it helps to have, you know, entire battalions full of, you know, tanks and, and rifles and, and mortars and all that backing you up too. Sometimes you don't have that. Uh, I think that when you talk about dangerous situations like that, um, I mean, that's that's a really big conversation about risk. It's about um, it's about outcomes. It's about uh, what the objectives are. I don't have know how ever, else to describe it. Have you ever been like, because you, you already said that you were in not once, but probably more than once in these kinds of situations, sitting yeah. across the table with people you should not really be associated to. And those are the kind of situation that the military is wanting you to do for the protection yeah. of the country, correct? Yeah, yeah, of course. So how did any of those situations ever backfire or the person found out that you knew what you were not supposed to know. And mm. how did you handle that? 
Um, not to my knowledge. I mean, I'm here. I think I, I think I did okay. Uh, but there's always the possibility that, you know, you find out many years from now or never that, mm-hmm. um, that you lost the game, but you won't know that. I mean, if you're not, you're not injured or taken hostage or, or anything like that. Um, so I don't think I've ever heard a question like that before. It's an interesting question to ponder. Uh, the point of going into a situation like that generally and, and being confident enough to do it is, is to be confident not just in yourself and your preparation and your backup uh, and, and your equipment, your team, et cetera. Um, it's that you've got the contingencies nailed down, you think, and you try to control for all the variables while not ignoring the possibility that option C is popping up on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, in those situations, if option C presents itself, you've got some very quick decisions to make. And some of those uh, decisions lead ultimately to, I mean, you see it in movies and television, it's absolutely true. I mean, somebody's shouting abort, and you're like, uh, in, you, in your ear, you just hear abort, and you're like, okay, I gotta go. I think somebody's calling me. I gotta, I gotta leave. So, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. What was? Sorry to not give you more detail, but uh, if you call me in, uh, let's see, was it 2009? Uh, this is 23. You call me in about 10 years, maybe 12 years, I can give you more details. That's fair. That's fair. We we have to respect the confidentiality. That's that's one of our pillars. But the question I was going to ask is. Have you ever been in that situation, going back to your A, B, and C example, yeah, where everything is pointing to either A or B, but your gut is telling you it's C? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's one of those things that, you know, that, that'll appear. Uh, like I said, you don't ignore your instinct. Uh, you, you, you seek to confirm or deny what your instinct is telling you because, you know, those those feelings deep in your medulla oblongata are probably telling you something. I can remember a time specifically when I thought the option was C and I wanted to go pursue but to determine whether or not the indicators were there to mm-hmm. support the conclusion that it was not A, it was not B, but it was C. Uh, I was held back from that. Um, I, I was a major at the time and a colonel held me back mm-hmm. from that and said, no, you, you can't go do that. Well, I could have walked away at that point and just said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue this, but I thought it was sufficiently important. And this was a situation where, um, you know, it, it's, it's not overdramatic for me to say war was brewing. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those situations where I thought if I can go and peek behind this curtain or I can determine whether or not the answer to these questions uh, is yes or no or true or false or what the particular answers were, perhaps I can forestall this. Because in the background of armed conflict and geopolitical drama are interested parties, involved parties, people who want one thing or another, and sometimes they have no disregard for life. They just, they want what they want and they use justification of this knowledge or that knowledge. That's very vague, I know. I can't name names, I can't <laughs> name any of that. Suffice to say that I didn't relent in 
expressing a desire to go and determine whether or not C, option C was true. Eventually, I was allowed to go forth and try to confirm what my instincts were. Um, I'm not patting myself on the back when I say I was right, but I was right. And what I learned helped to avert a war, helped to avert, at the very least, an armed conflict that would have had some intensity and, and lives would have been lost, uh, you know, between countries. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. And the lesson I take from that is, and even if you want to extrapolate that to other situations, your instincts are meaningful. They mean a lot. Uh, and so if you feel like, or you, you get the sense that something's off or something's not right, whether it's a, a business deal, whether it's, um, you know, your, your internal monitoring of the system's health for your business or, or your endeavor. If you feel like something's wrong, if you're not able to scratch that itch and confirm or deny whether or not your instincts are correct, uh, I mean, in my situation, I couldn't ask anybody else for help. There was nobody else to ask for help. I just had to wait. It's the rank structure and things like that. But if you can ask somebody for help, it would have been convenient, would have been helpful for me to be able to just say, hey, I can't check this because I've been told not to. Can you check it? That would have been convenient again, like the you know, example where I was driving around downtown with no help. Same thing. Well, I think that goes to point out the importance of teamwork and having people that can see things that you're not seeing. Because yeah, when you bring in, say, you leave. You have your experience. You've lived this insane military career, have done amazing things, but maybe your experience is limited to the field. And maybe you need somebody that has the cyber forensics eye or can be from a drone watching you. Um, yeah. You want those different set of eyes to be watching and helping you out to be that backup, that, to be that battalion that you always want and and ready to yep. jump in and, and protect you. But you need to have a battalion that is ready to go, well-trained, mm -hmm. and that you can completely trust and can bring different perspectives to the table. Yeah. Because every region is very different. Every country is very different. Just looking at the United States, Northeast, Southeast, Midwest, West Coast, East Coast, worlds apart in terms of culture, and it's just one country. Now, put that on a regional perspective, Middle East, Africa, Asia, the Soviet bloc, or former Soviet bloc, but the influence is still the same, Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, like all these little nuances actually do come into play. They do. They do. Absolutely. And, and I, I agree with you. It, it does help to have the team behind you um, for sure. And, and if you've got the team there, you know how to use the team. It is what you call a force multiplier uh, where you get synergy, those mm -hmm. buzzwords, right? But it's absolutely true. Uh, if you can reach back to a supporting team and find out a lot of information in a hurry, I mean, that's, that's why, you know, rich and famous people have personal assistants, you know, they're, they're, they're walking around like little walking computers and they have all the information. And I'm sure if you watch powerful people, when they're moving around in a, in a crowd, they're probably whispering to somebody and saying, Who, who's this person here that I'm about to say hello to. And then they tell them, 
And he said, oh, yeah. Hi, Margaret. Good to see you again. How are the kids? What are, what are their names? You know, and that's that's kind of silly. But if you if you just expand on that a little bit, I think it's apt. People do that to one degree or another as a team. That's helpful. Yeah, for sure. I think something even just knowing, for example, that an underground tunnel was built in a particular location, but it's not commonly used, just having that piece of information can completely change and alter the strategy. I think uh, I think that's true. Of course, it, it depends on your business and, and um, or your purpose and your goal and whether or not that's something relevant to you. Yeah, absolutely constrains your strategy. I mean... I mean, if you if you were a drug smuggler, yes, of course, that would change your strategy uh, completely. Uh, <laughs> or if you were law enforcement looking for the people and where they're going to smuggle the drugs, yeah, it would change your strategy completely. Oh well, Lee, I, I think this was an amazing episode and, and a great jam-packed set of lessons, just all in one go. And and thank you so much for for being with us. But is there any last words you want to give any any last words of wisdom while we can still take a little bit advantage of you sure i i think that when you're thinking about investigations uh i mean an investigation is strictly a question and when you're thinking about whether or not something is worth looking into um it's it's one of those uh, risk reward type questions to ask yourself what's the risk you're willing to take to learn the truth uh, of of a question if you've got an inkling let's let's just say you know you, you want to expand your business into a certain market if you've got an idea or an inkling or you see other people doing it or you're inspired or you're being invited it's worthwhile to get a little bit of a a little bit of a lay down uh, or, or a lay of the land, uh, whether that's by knowing somebody there and getting an introduction or getting a tour, uh, getting some study, hiring somebody who's got the cultural knowledge, uh, because those pitfalls when you're when you're leaning forward uh, or when you're extending can sometimes be disastrous if you if you step wrongly, you wake up, you know. Oh, you don't wake up and I said, you don't want that. <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. And and I think that's very, very deep. Um, learning things from a computer is never the same as learning things on the ground. Oh, oh no. The smells, the feels, the culture and understanding and this is not i'm not saying you know you need to go be a lonely planet travel writer i'm saying look if you want to expand into kansas city you need to speak to somebody at least who's been to kansas city for more than a hot minute you know if if you and and, and let's take it a more in, um so what i was saying was that look if you want to expand your business into kansas city you, you you really should speak with somebody who's been there for more than just a hot minute or or went through the airport. It it takes cultural knowledge no matter where you are. And you could apply that to industry. You could apply that to geography. You could apply that to culture. 
if you want to look in a, a different direction for I want to sell my goods uh, to a, uh, a primarily Asian market within the United States. Well, I'm not saying that everybody that is uh, from Asia directly or indirectly through immigration has this magic knowledge. They don't. But you should speak to somebody from that target audience who is going to give you feedback and input that you can utilize. It's the same all the way around. Let's say if you um, if you are, are, are running a business or have an endeavor where you feel like things aren't going the way that they're supposed to go, and maybe the business intelligence program overlay that you've got isn't giving the feedback that you need, maybe the metrics that you're looking at aren't effective because they're not linked to decisions, they're not answering questions, they're just numbers on the board, and it, it, it means nothing to you. Perhaps the instinct that is speaking to you that something is wrong is valid. And perhaps the people that are feeding you the information don't want you to know that. That's a possibility. That's a time to call in somebody, you know, you mentioned the team, right? The eye in the sky, the person back in Washington, to use a big, big metaphor, the battalion. That's time also to call in some outside help. In large organizations, that's typically taken care of by internal audit. Uh, in, in Maybe an organization that's not so big, but has a budget, they'll call in an outside auditor, one of those big firms to check the books. But in the more esoteric situations or more uh, situations where there's a dynamic that's not really covered in the CPA exam, you know, that's when you need some other help. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll leave it there. Well, Lee. Thank you so much for being a guest and thank you so much for dedicating this time to this episode and to sharing all your knowledge and experience with us. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way that they can contact you? Yeah, you can just find me on LinkedIn. I'm under my name, L-E-E-S-U-L-L-E-N-G-E-R. You can just tap me there. No problem. I'm happy to chat with people. Awesome. Well, Thank you very much, Lee, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And don't forget to shoot us a hoot if you ever have any questions or need some help or just an extra set of eyes. Should you ever be faced with a situation in which you need any form of investigative assistance or suspect there may be some illicit actors or activity at play, don't hesitate to shoot us a hoot. Our consultancy group is a global corporate investigative firm dedicated to uncovering the facts, exposing evil, and diving deep. We provide the actionable intelligence you need to make the best decisions possible.